This is an NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Baseballism, a premium lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime. Baseballism is America's brand. Now batting for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. Welcome back. This is episode 101 of the NYYST podcast presented to you by Baseballism.com. I'm your host, Christian. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And it's that guy, Ryan. What up? You're going to auto-tune that in post-production? I'm, I think I'm going to. What up? <laughs> what up, fellas? Is Ryan going to do his own auto-tune? Mate, that was my own auto-tune. It wasn't that good. Thank you. All right, so it's Sunday. We're recording Sunday, February 24th. The Yankees have uh, started their exhibition season with a loss to the uh, Boston Red Sox yesterday. I Season's believe. over. <laughs> I believe I didn't. I mean, I was out all day yesterday. I didn't really keep up on much of it. I think they lost eight to five. Oh, Susan, you know this is our spring training too. <laughs> I saw some Red Sox fans trolling Yankee accounts yesterday. I mean, who gives a shit? I mean, really, like, is that what these people are worried about? You won, you won the World Series five months ago, and you're still trolling Yankee fans about it now. About you know what I take out of the loss? game? Torres hit a home run, right? Uh-huh. That's a great sign. The uh-huh. Birdman was two for two. The Birdman was two for two, and uh, Mick Broom got a got a few at bats, right? He hit a home run. Who? What is it, Mick Broom or Broom? Ryan, Ryan Mick Broom. Mick Broom. Mick Broom. Yeah, Mick Broom. I don't I know. I, he, he wasn't in the starting lineup, so I didn't know. No, he, I think he got a couple at bats. He came in for uh, Bird. Me and Ryan were trying to figure it out yesterday. Who who did they acquire him? What deal was that? I think, as far as I know, he's just been a guy in their minor league system for a few no, years No, I think they just got I think they just got Ryan, him. Ryan, look it up. All right. Anyway. I'm, I'm almost positive. Uh, here's what the Yankee regulars did on Saturday. I guess who you would call the regulars. Hicksie went one for two with a double and a ribby. Birdman went two for two with a double. Uh, Glaber one for two with a homer. Uh, even though he doesn't want to be called this anymore. Red Thunder went one for one. And uh, Ryan's boy crush went one for one with a double and a stolen base. Tyler Wade. Yeah. They traded McBroom. They got uh, McBroom for Rob Ref Snyder. Ref Snyder. That was that a couple was years it. ago. A couple yeah. years ago, yeah. yeah. So They sent Ref Snyder to Toronto. Toronto. Yes. Um, and Ryan's, uh, Ryan's buddy there, Tyler Wade, is in the starting lineup today, Sunday, as the Yankees are traveling to uh, the Tampa to play Tampa. Um, he's playing left field today. Interesting. Really? Yeah. Um, again, it's just spring training. I don't look too much into anything. And even Wysica is starting for the Yankees on that's spring. See, that That I'd like to see. I'd like to see how well, well he does. Well, if we get done soon enough, uh, the Yankees are on WFAN and the Yes Network today. So. Oh, today they are? Uh, not Yes. They're on MLB yeah, Network Yeah, I didn't today. think so. The 28th they're on, televised, they're, on. they're on Yes tomorrow, Monday afternoon they're on for the Yes's first televised. So you'll be listening to this Monday morning, listen to the pod, and then turn on Yes and watch the Yankees. Uh, yeah. There you I go. believe they're playing Toronto at uh, George Steinbrenner Field. But what I was saying, right, just you know, that up to verify, please. It's no good. Um, it's good to see, you know, guys like Bird and Torres and and those guys, you know, get a couple base hits yesterday. I like the fact that Torres comes in and immediately is showing power. Again, it's just spring training. Don't look too much into it, but it's not a bad thing, you know. All these guys got hits, and 
you got I focus more on pitching when it comes to spring training because guys need to amp themselves up the right way. So I'd like to see how Loizaga handles himself in his first outing. Uh, Sunday's game is, uh, since we're recording Sunday, I mean, you're not really going to see a lot of big names when you uh, travel to spring training games. I guess the Yankees sent more reputable guys to uh, Fort Myers on Saturday because today, looking at the starting lineup, LeMayu, Tyler Wade, Voight, Clint Frazier, Austin Romine, and then if you want to get excited about Estevan Florial. And then, uh, yeah, Loisica is starting that. We game. have a little. We have a status on uh, Sanchez and what's going on 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 that front. Uh, last I heard, it'd be he's going to start about a, playing games about a week after. Okay, so that's good. And they play Toronto Monday, Phillies on Tuesday, Pirates Thursday, Baltimore Friday, Detroit on Sunday. And that's the schedule. Tomorrow, this week. Monday is Yes Network telecast, and I believe James Paxton is making his Yankees debut. You are correct in that. So cool. So if you're home or you want to DVR it, you know, listen to our pod and then pop right into uh, watching James Paxton throw his first pitch in a Yankee uniform. And please, if James Paxton gets shelled tomorrow. Relax. Please. Seriously. This guy sucks. Why uh, the ghetto? I don't think we'll get too many reactions nah. like that. Well, speaking not. of uh, who they got and who they didn't get, finally, it's over. <sighs> Actually, before we get there, you and I, we went out to dinner with our wives on uh, Friday night. Right, and then I beat you in bowling twice. I haven't bowled since I was like 13 years old. I haven't so bowled Brad. since I was 10. Okay. So. Always got a one-up, right? He's the one-upper <laughs> over here. He's like the, he's like Mario with the mushroom. One-up. <laughs> anyway, so I, I know we swore to God, or whatever entity you believe in, or your higher power or whatever, that we would never mention his name on this show again, but we have to because it was oh so funny. Oh my We're God. sitting there waiting for food to come, and I'm looking at the TV at the bar, and I see a picture of one Sonny Gray. Oh, and we a, lost our appetite immediately in, until we in read In a the red headline. uniform, and he is scratched from his first spring training start. <laughs> with uh, Maybe Ryan Bronx can verify this, but he either has el- elbow or shoulder stiffness. I think it was elbow. But still, we trained... <laughs> Trade him to Cincinnati. Do you think Brian called? Brian Cashman called right after that, and he was like, "Gotcha, bitch." <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and he's it's and shoulder he's, stiffness, and shoulder he's injured, stiffness. and his shoulder's really banged up. Yeah, well, he got two draft picks, and now he's got a bad shoulder. Not so. to go, not to go too far <laughs> off topic here, but uh, another injury that came out, and it's just their luck. Uh, Jed Lowry, did you see that? Yeah, he's hurt too. Well, you, you go to the Mets and you just get hurt. Well, why weren't they not Manny Machado? Because they're cheap. You want to talk cheap? You want to say Hal Steinbrenner's cheap? Go work for the Mets for three weeks and you'll you'll actually appreciate what the Yankees do. All right, so <clears throat> we'll get more into Jed Lowry later in the show because it ties into the Marlon Gonzalez signing, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but the big news in Major League Baseball is finally one half of this nightmare is over Manny Machado has finally put his name to a contract he is a San Diego Padre 10 years 300 million dollars he's got an opt-out after the fifth year with a limited no trade clause so I guess and I'm not the first person to make this joke but I'll do it anyway uh, Manny to the Yankees rumors starting in 2021 yeah pretty much (laughs) and which is funny because like I was just saying yesterday all these guys that were just like in everyone's heads guaranteed going to the Yankees, none of them are here. 
Well, none of them. We cannot verify this. People have speculated on it. There's been reports about it. We know that the Yankees have not, never officially offered Machado a contract. Not that they would when they went out to dinner with him. It was more like, right. a, you know, like bouncing ideas type deal. Had a couple cocktails. And apparently, from everything that we've read, from that's been reported, is that the Yankees were comfortable sitting in that 8 to 40 range for Manny Machado. And Machado never budged off of wanting to get the total value of the contract to be $300 million. And you know what? I don't hate him for it. I don't blame him in this world. I think, look, before you get into that, if that's true, and it's... You want to, you know, you want to take it with a grain of salt, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But we'll take, we've seen enough reputable people speculate that that was the numbers that were discussed in the meeting, right? Eight for 240. That's, that's $30 million a year. Now you, you can't blame the Yankees for not going the extra two years, right? No, No. not at all. Would you, would you have felt comfortable if they chased them at, to go to 10 and 300? No, I, I honestly, I think I thought eight was pushing it at that point, but. If they were going to sign him at eight and avoid ten, I, I would have been happy with it. But I mean, how you can't blame the Yankees here, and I don't blame Machado. You know, especially with how the market plays out now. You know, these guys don't want to be free agents anymore. So he wanted the t- two more years. He got guaranteed three hundred million. And you know what? At the end of the day, like I said, like I was saying, I don't. I'm not mad at him for it. In this world, I think you have to maximize any bit of money or guaranteed money that you can. But I still like what's your natural reaction to Manny Machado right now? Indifferent. I'm indifferent too, but I mean like if you had to just come up with one emotion, like one sentence from Manny Machado. I have no feel like I've I have no feeling one way or the other about it. Like when it finally broke, I was like, Okay. At least he's not in the AL East anymore. That I said this on my show this past week. The only time, the only way I'd feel any type of emotion towards this. If you went to the Red Sox. If you went to like the Red Sox or 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 the Astros. Right. Even the White Sox, even just any American League team would make it harder than him going to the Padres. I see your point, but the White Sox are not a threat to the Yankees getting to the World Series. Right. If he went to the Red Sox, Astros, even the Rays, somebody that would stand in the Yankees' way of getting to a World Series, then. Yeah, but the Padres and all the. And I want to give, I don't even know what this means, but I said this on my show when I recorded uh, Hard Hitting, uh, Hitting, I don't even know what the name of my show. Hitting Hard. Hitting Hard. Earlier this week, um, I saw somebody tweet it. I don't even know what it means, but I like it. So I'm going to use it. I'm sure it's a millennial thing. Uh, The Machado stands. Yeah, I saw that too. I have no idea. The what? The Machado stands. Yeah, you know what a stand is? Like an Ariana Grande stand? Um, You know, Uh, I guess it's like. Somebody that's obsessive over a celebrity or something. That's what like a stand a gr- is. It's called a groupie. Yeah. Last time I checked. So the Machado stands. Oh, Chris is getting mad because I'm hitting the I microphone. Am, I'm getting very... I have anxiety. Um, the Machado stands. They can still see Manny Machado play at Yankee Stadium this year. Uh, who gives a shit? The Machado, uh, Machado and the Padres are in the Bronx May 27th, 28th, and 29th. The... Uh, that is Memorial Day and the two days following. I will be there on Memorial Day because it's also John Carl Stan Bobblehead Day. So mm. so all the Machado stands can join me in the stands on May 27th and we'll have a good time. Maybe I'll go. You can come and get yourself a nice John Carl Stan Bobblehead. That's a Saturday? It's a Monday. It's Memorial Day Monday. Oh. 
I have off that day. I would hope so. Well, I can. Uh, I may. I might come to that game with you. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm excited. I don't. I don't care to go to Memorial Day games during the day. It's usually a little too hot for me. I love going to day games on the holiday. I used to. You went when the Yankees had a streak there, like four years in a row, when they played one o'clock on July Fourth. I went like every year. I loved it because usually there's no traffic because everybody's usually down the shore. And we're going into New York. Yeah. But getting back to Machado with how I feel, completely indifferent. I agree with you on that front. But, like, at the same time, it's just more like, fuck you, kind of. You know, because I am I was getting so sick of all this. And I would have probably been a little more angry if it happened sooner. But I was so far removed from the whole Machado coming to the Yankees saga at that point that, like, I forgot he was even still a free agent. So I didn't care. But at the end of the day, don't don't sit around and say, you know, everyone speculate how much he wants to be a Yankee and I'm his best friend and he wants to be a Yankee. And then he goes on and he starts following all the Yes Network people and all the people in the Yankees organization on Instagram. Screw you, man. Just come out and, and, and be a man and just say, look, I'm looking for this and I'm not going to settle for anything less. I he did, what does he have to come out and say that for? He told his agent what he wanted and he got what he wanted. I don't know. He doesn't have to make a national declaration of saying, I want $300 million and I'm not going to settle for anything less. He tells that's what his agent is there for. He Do you think this ends the bullshit of there's going to be a strike in 2021? Like if let's let's just assume Harper gets his contract within the next few days and it's just as big. Well, we're hearing a lot of reports now that tomorrow you, you might be listening to this and it could already be done that the Phillies and Harper are getting close to a ten year three hundred and fifty million dollar. I personally contract. don't think it's gonna be ten years, but I think it's gonna be closer to eight. He's not how's he gonna settle for less than what Machado got? I honestly I said this again in my own show. I don't understand why there's such like guaranteed opinion that uh Bryce Harper is just automatically going to get more than Machado because I read this today I forget who tweeted it is that there's a sense amongst the league that uh Harper carries this celebrity status this cachet about him that Machado doesn't Machado is not box office like Bryce Harper is box office so there is that sense amongst the league that he will even though people might believe that Machado's a better baseball player much better baseball player is that Harper means more in the uh market in the in the not the market what's the word I was looking for in the checkbook in the uh in the bank the old bank account I mean that's that's definitely fair that's I mean other than Machado with his you know oh, he's a dirty player, and he comes out and says this. He's very vocal with certain situations. Other than that, you're, Machado's not like the face of who's the bigger, a city. Who's the bigger star, Bryce Harper or Manny Machado? Bryce Harper by far. Okay, that's why there's a sense that he's worth more right. than Manny Machado. and that Machado. makes a lot of sense, but I don't know. I think at the end of the day, I don't think it's a guarantee he gets more, and I'm not saying he won't get more yearly. I just don't I don't see why it's such a guaranteed uh, he's going to get at least 10 years here. I don't see that happening. I, just, I see closer to eight. Oh, well, I told you why. I see closer to eight. And how's he going to settle for eight when Manny got 10? What if he gets 35 million a year at eight? Okay. Apparently, if I mean, Manny Machado could have got 30 a year for eight from the Yankees, maybe. If I said, would've. what if... Bryce Harper gets off for 35 a year for eight. And Manny turned that down. Maybe this is what he wants. He wants 10. These guys, they're 26 years old. They want 10. 
It's so stupid to me. <laughs> well, it's so stupid to me that you would turn down. You can't hit 50 home runs in a year. They can. So, of course, you know, we look at things differently as two regular guys that could only dream of having that type of talent. And, you know, we're like, I would play Major League Baseball for $20 a day. Well, just getting back to my point here, let's just assume the Bryce Harper shit goes through. He gets his 10-year, $350 million contract, whatever it may be. Do you think this eliminates the speculation of a strike, a player strike, in the next couple of years? And here's here's one thing I'll say. Everyone keeps going back to... Uh, well, it's not really about not getting the contract. It's more about how long it takes. I'm sorry, but Bryce Harper got offers. Manny Machado got offers. They refused to take them. So don't sit here. Don't sit here and complain that it's taking too long to to sign a deal when you've declined offers. Yeah, but now we're playing games, and Craig Kimbrell is still a free agent. Dallas Keuchel is still a free agent. Marwin Gonzalez settled for under what his perceived market value well, was. Well, Stack told me something yesterday in the car. Did you hear about what Craig Kimbrell said? It's false. His oh. agent came out and said, yeah, there was apparently a, a rumor well, going around. it's not false if his agent said it. Apparently there was a report going around that Kimbrell said that if he didn't get what he wanted, he'd sit out 2019, and then his agent came out and said that it was fake news, that Kimbrell is... Oh, uh, his agent came out and said... That was never said. Yeah. I thought you were saying his agent came out and said he was going to sit out. No. That uh, the agent said that Craig Kimbrell is committed to finding a uh, team to play for in 2019. I don't see it happening before spring training's over. Somebody will sign him before spring training is over. You, you think, think? You think we're going to get to March 28th and he's still not signed? I don't know. I mean, he seems, uh, he seems like he's not going to budge much for what he wants and I don't think there's many teams out there willing to pay him that kind of money well let's see what happens with Bryce Harper we'll see where that domino falls and I think once Bryce Harper's off the market you'll start to see some of these other guys get signed pretty quickly but Craig Kimbrell has to give a little too I mean I, I I think he's gonna have to budge a little bit and he seems like a very arrogant cocky kind of guy I don't know if he's gonna do it oh well so this is a Yankee podcast so we gotta tie Manny Machado into how it affects or doesn't affect the Yankees and why the Yankees really weren't in the market to chase him. And, you know, you turn and you look at third base and there's a guy that hit 297 last year. There's a guy that had one less extra base hit in 2018 than Manny Machado did. You look at a guy over there that, you know, makes $550,000 a year and it was a rookie and should have been the rookie of the year. And Miguel Andujar, and, and that's the guy that is the re- he's the real reason. If you ask me, he's the real reason that Manny Machado is not a Yankee right now. And then you turn your head a little bit uh, further west, and if that guy at third base right now doesn't pan out, there's a guy out west who the Yankees seem pretty high on that. You know, could be an option next year as well. So I still think Miguel Andujar has a lot of pressure on him this year. I think he still has a lot to prove defensively. To this team that they're not going to have to look elsewhere. You're talking about Nolan Arenado being a free agent next year? Yes. That's what you're yeah, I thought they were getting close on an extension, but I haven't heard anything further about that. I mean, if the Rockies were smart, that would happen. We'll see. You don't want you don't want teams to start bidding on a guy like that. Mm-mm. My issue again now with the, uh, we'll use the, uh, the term Machado stands again, 
is how they they just disrespect Miguel Andujar like he's some piece of trash. Yeah, I look, we've seen it all off season how hard this guy's working at third base. I personally feel like it's going to affect him a little bit offensively. Don't be taken back if he's not as much of an offensive powerhouse this year. I really want to see a balanced Miguel Andujar this year in a sense of I'll take a little less offensively if he's going to prove to me that he has what it takes to be a an elite third baseman over there. He's not never he'll never be elite. I, don't I disagree think he'll with ever you. Ever be elite? I disagree with you. You think be- he's going to be Nolan Arenado over there? I uh, here's what I think. I think that Miguel Andujar's struggles had nothing to do with his talent at third base and what he's capable of. I think Miguel Andujar was someone who second-guessed himself and didn't naturally approach every ball that was hit to him. I think he thought too much, and when you're playing the hot corner, he doesn't over have there, great fundamentals. It's sometimes it's hard to teach. I agree, and but those things are things that can be worked on. Really, what he has to do is he has to be prepared with every ball hit to him naturally. The first step. He's I think the Yankees take. would be perfectly happy if he is even league. The Yankees would do cartwheels in the other offices if he was league average defensively. Just don't make me hold my breath. Don't make me hold my breath when the balls hit to you. But here's my point, right? I was always a first baseman, and yeah, first base is not third base. But when a tough, le- when a big lefty's up and they turn on the ball, that ball's coming down to first base just like it would with a righty down mm-hmm. the third baseline. And the biggest thing is that. You have to take ground ball after ground ball, slow rollers, hard hit balls down the line. You need to naturally have that instinct of what your first step is going to be. Am I going to charge this ball? Am I going to uh, take my first step to the line? So on and so forth. That's where Miguel Andujar struggled. And then it just escalated from there. He would let the ball eat him up a bit. He'd take the ball. He would. He got it in his own head. He'd throw it away. Double clutch a lot. Double clutch. The guy has a cannon. Can you mm-hmm. agree with that? Yeah, that's one of the, the things. guy has range. He he's as bad as he was in in a lot of circumstances. He was just as good in some others. I mean, he was he made some great plays over at third base. So we can't we can't just disregard the kind of talent the guy has defensively. I think most of this is a mental aspect of that. He just needs to be a little more prepared and feel a little more comfortable fielding major league ground balls at third base. Just know it, what he has to do before he has to do it. I love the guy, but it's more than just mental. He doesn't have an, the physical tools to be an elite third baseman defensively. I I never look, said it was just mental. I and, think a lot of it stems from the mental and aspect. And if you are as historically bad in all these defensive metrics as he was, it's not just a mental thing. I, again, I'll say it you're, again. You're putting it on it like it's just all in his head. That's the I way you're think, portraying it right I now. think that when he can get over that and just focus on being naturally ready and comfortable over at third base, you're going to see a much, much, much better yeah. defensive third baseman because yeah, I think he has a much, the talent. much, much better defensive third baseman for him would be coming league average. Yeah. Okay, I think he has potential to be much better than just league average. But will the Yankees take that? Yeah, I think so. I think they will. But I don't appreciate the way that. The Machado crew over there. No, you can't. It just they wanted they wanted to throw this guy in the trash after last year. After everything that he did, they didn't even they don't even want to see him improve. They just wanted the the, the shiny Lexus in their driveway, yeah. even right. though that uh, Machado um, Bryce Harper was Bryce Harper Miguel Andujar. I'll get it out eventually. 
you know, this is your guy. He came up last year. What did he do? He, the guy hit the cover off the ball. He set franchise records offensively. And yeah, he was bad defensively, right? Everybody knows game four to DS. We don't have to get into that again. But what has he done since then? Worked his ass off, man, from everything I saw. And doesn't that mean anything to you? Absolutely, it does. Andujar had a 948 fielding percentage in 2018. That was uh, tied for second lowest among 20 major leaguers who appeared in at least 100 games at third base last season. So not too good. <laughs> well, he's got look, but can't get much worse. Guys, it can he, only go up from here. Yeah. So I mean, so, we're gonna how many this. times have yeah. we seen guys? And the only reason why we're even talking about all this was because. The guy showed in at least one aspect of his game what kind of a superstar he can be. If he was just some guy who came up and he sucked at third base and he wasn't that good offensively, we wouldn't be putting so much onto his defense right now. But because he showed what kind of a superstar he can be offensively, now we're putting all this hype into what he's going to do defensively because he's going to be a big player for this team, hopefully for years to come. How many times have we seen guys come up and struggle in a lot of aspects of their game and and figure it out? Why are we just why are we just throwing this in the trash like it can't happen? I didn't say. What do you mean that he no, can't get I'm better? I'm saying everyone out there because Manny Machado was available. If Manny Machado wasn't available, everybody mm-hmm. would have been like, "Oh yeah, we love Miguel Andujar." And you know what? I don't blame those people. I do. It's Manny Machado. I, no, I do, bro. Because come on now, I don't blame why, them. What would have happened? What would have happened if Mike Trout was a free agent after Aaron Judge's rookie season? Would we have uh, said, oh, he's a fluke? What if he falls off the face of the earth like I've heard? Like I heard, oh, the Yankees can't take – the Yankees are stupid for not getting Machado because they can't risk that Miguel Andujar was a fluke. Hey, you know what? They they had a similar risk that Aaron Judge could have been a fluke. No, what I'm saying is I don't blame them for feeling that in the moment that the Yankees – Shouldn't rely on Miguel Andujar if that's what they're thinking. Fine, when Machado's available with his with his talent, you know I don't blame that. But once it's over with and done with, you got to come back down to earth here and realize what the Yankees have, and you shouldn't just now throw Miguel Andujar into a uh, you know pile of trash and say that's it. Why did we opt to go with him? You have to look at the upside of what this guy has right now and how good he can become. You also have to look. Nobody ever wants to hear this. The the hell is cheap crowd. They don't want to hear it. But I'm going to say it again because it needs to be said one more time. The Yankees are a business. The New York Yankees operate as a business. And the goal of a business is to make money. Okay? Yeah. And make sound financial decisions. And when you're operating as such, if you are Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman... And you see what Manny Machado commanded on the open market versus what Miguel Andujar makes for you currently. And you look and you say, okay, Miguel Andujar is a rookie. He had a comparable offensive season to what Manny Machado had last year. Okay. And what's his flaw? Defense. Okay. No one's going to say that Manny Machado is not better than Miguel Andujar. Manny Machado is better than most out there. Okay. But the Yankees are seeing this kid not rest on the season that he had. He's out there working hard. And obviously they have people within the organization that believe that he will get better defensively. So what if you, if you are making a business decision, okay, are you going to pay $30 million for a guy? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to pay $550,000 for a guy? I'll go with 550. Is that being cheap? Absolutely not. 
It's not that Miguel Andujar hit 260 with 15 home runs last year. Right. Because that would be, I would say, yeah, you're being cheap. Right. He hit 297. He had, what, 75 extra base hits. We don't, you know, we all know what he did last year. Okay. If you compare that to what Machado did, you know, for being a rookie, for being a guy in his sixth year in Major League Baseball, being one of the top 10 players in the sport, it's comparable. Right. Okay. So you're going to pay $29.5 million for that? Is that worth, is, if you look at it like that, is that a, is the difference between Miguel Andujar and Manny Machado $29 million? No. And I think part of what a lot of fans out there are angry that Machado's not a Yankee don't understand is that part of the value that the Yankees put on Manny Machado is not just what Manny Machado does or what he's capable of. Part of the value that they put on Manny Machado is weighed against what they have already as an option. Miguel Andujar for the Yankees devalues Manny Machado in a sense because if they didn't have a guy like Miguel Andujar, then maybe Machado to them is worth three. If Brandon Drury played all of 2018 as the Yankees' third baseman, Manny Machado is probably a Yankee. Absolutely, because you would have never seen Miguel Andujar in the major leagues. Absolutely. Last year. So the Yankees weigh what they have, and they say, you know what? Because we have a guy like Miguel Andujar. Um, Machado to us is not worth 10 years. He's worth maybe eight and that's still being more than generous. And that's why it didn't happen. And to me, Manny Machado's not a $30 million a year shortstop. He's okay as a shortstop. Yeah. He's worth it as a third baseman. Absolutely. But you have Miguel Andujar over there. And then is now, is it worth that to get through whatever you needed to get through before Didi comes back? And then you're told that you know, we're probably not going to look at your, what you're comfortable with. We want this. And then what's Brian Cashman supposed to sit there, wait till March, and then DJ LeMay, you sign somewhere else? Yeah. And then now what are they supposed right. to do? Right. The Yankees have to react in, to what's happening. Absolutely. And you want to take it a step further. I think the same thing can be said for Patrick Corbin. When you have guys, when you have a guy like Jay Happ sitting out there and you know what he's capable of and and really what this team needs, they didn't need to sign some guy for some astronomical amount whose career numbers really don't reflect what he made or the contract he signed. They're not going to go and drop their pants for Patrick Corbin when they know a guy like Jay Happ sitting out there who will fill the the role of what they truly need to be a successful team. And everybody that gets upset, if the Yankees didn't really have interest in these guys, why are they taking them to meetings? Well, they did have interest. They obviously did, but the Yankees had interest at a certain level. It wasn't like Hal and Cashman were like, you know what? Our life sucks. And I'm bored and I want to go to dinner with Patrick Corbin. I just want to get to know him a little. We're not really interested in signing it, but I just need to get out of the house. Let's just, let's just invite him to the stadium and we'll have the Photoshop up on the, uh, on the scoreboard and everything, but we don't want him. Five for a hundred, which again was never officially offered, but was the rumored range the Yankees were in on Corbin was fair to me. Yeah, more than fair. And if there's somebody's going to blow it out of the water, okay. Fine, let him. Let him. If if anything, at the end of the day, all you're doing is driving up his price. And Patrick Corbin, I think, is as far as driving up price goes, the Yankees really made an impact, I think, on that because there was so much speculation as to how bad the Yankees wanted him and, and whatnot. And... You know, for all we heard all the last year, the Manny wanted to be a Yankee and Corbin wanted to be a Yankee. You know what they wanted to be more than they wanted to be Yankees? 
rich. rich okay, that's what they wanted. And you can't say that the Yankees were playing games with them. They the numbers discussed, thrown around, were fair numbers for both guys. And at the end of the day, do you blame any of these players for taking the money? No, absolutely not. So you know what? You could have been a Yankee for five for a hundred, or you could go to. Washington for six for 140, and he wanted the years and the money more. And the same thing with Manny Machado. That's the decision they made for their family. So, you know what? How badly do they want to be a Yankee? It's, I'll tell you this. Everybody wants to be a Yankee when they hit free agency because what happens when the Yankees are involved? The price goes up. Absolutely. And the last thing we'll, we'll wrap this part of the show up here is that everybody that was like, you know, on the Machado team, you know, and they were like, oh, well, just trade Andujar for a starting pitcher. Just trade him. Okay, who who are you getting for him? Right. Who? Who? Exactly. James Paxton? Got him. Who else was available for trade? You got you, you to gotta understand that real-life Major League Baseball is not MLB the show. You can't just say, I want the best third baseman in the game to play for me, and I'll just trade who I have now for a starting pitcher, and I'll get myself Corey Kluber because I can force trades. The Yankees are not dumb. They know that if there was a trade out there that made sense for them to trade Miguel Andujar for a legit starting pitcher, and it meant that they would go could get Manny Machado to replace him, they would have done it. So Manny Machado's fans' nickname is Machado Stans? Somebody used that term on Twitter, and I liked it, so I'm just Why been, it, it should be Fanny Machados. The Fanny Machados? The Fanny, Fanny Machado. Machado. So. Um, I'm excited to see another year of Miguel Andujar. I am too, man. I want to, you know, he's. How could you not be? You just, you, you hope, though, that all of this defensive pressure doesn't get in the way of his offensive capability, you know? Because that could end up happening. It can trickle into your offensive game, how you play defensively. And if it isn't improving, you could see it, it take a toll on him mentally. I don't think it will, but you got to factor that in. You know what? Everything I hear about him is that he's a he's a level-headed kid. He's a hard mm-hmm. worker, you know, and this is not something that will affect him. Like, he understands. Like, and But think about it like this. I understand what you guys are saying, the defensive pressure, but the Yankees chose you over Manny Machado. Absolutely. What a, what a boost for your your confidence You're that right. has to be absolutely and and you know what if what if reports came out the Yankees dropped their pants for Machado and they would do anything to get him and then he still ended up in in San Diego at that point. Did you watch like a comedy special where somebody said drop their pants because you used it like four I love times. using that term. I've never actually heard you use it before, so it he must drops been... his pants to use the term. I drop my pants every time I use it. <laughs> That's gross. No, that's a great point. The the fact that they didn't drive that price up that that even you know they gave him they more. gave him the fair price and at that point anyway, it didn't necessarily mean the end of Miguel Andujar because of the DD injury. But you know the Yankees made it clear that they weren't gonna do anything that Machado wanted just to get him here because they had faith in what they already have, and I think that that says a lot to a player like Miguel Andujar. Yeah, I agree with that. It would have been interesting, though, if Machado really wanted to be a Yankee and he wasn't stuck on that 300 number, if he would have taken a deal with the Yankees for, let's say, 8 for 240, how the dominoes would have fallen after that. Well, depending on when he did it, I mean, there would be no Tulowitzki if that happened right after the meeting. Didn't they sign Tulowitzki before they even took the meeting? No, it was a couple weeks after. Because I remember saying, really, I, yeah, I remember saying it was to, after the meeting. Yeah, I, I, re- I remember saying like 
everyone was freaking out. All this, they're going to choose Tulo over Machado now. And I remember saying like, look, they had their meeting with Machado. They're not going to just wait around for him to make a decision and not make any other moves to add depth to this infield. And I think it just showed what the Yankees thought of that meeting that they went out and got Tulowitzki and LeMayu shortly after that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then you got, you know, and then if you're, you're, are a Machado stan and you didn't want to trade Miguel Andujar because now you're being, you know, so I got to have everything, right? Right. Just move him to a different position. Right. You're worried that he sucks defensively and now you want to put him at a different position that he's never played before. How's yeah, that going to work? He sucks at a position he's accustomed to. I can't. So how's that going to work? Look, out? the only way that works is if he's abysmal again at third base defensively has a great offensive season, and the Yankees don't want to give up on this guy, but they know they're going to have to find another solution yeah, after then this what? season. Okay, so and then all offseason, you say, look, you're not a third baseman anymore. That wasn't going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. That was not going to happen. If they're going to go out there and say Arenado doesn't sign an extension and that's who they're going to set their, their eyes on, you end this season and say, look, Maggie, you're not a third baseman anymore. We want to keep you around. The DH spot is Can't locked do up. It. Uh, can't we, DH, can't play left field. Can't right. Play, and, so, so look, you're not a third baseman, but we need you here. You're a big asset to this team. We want you to start taking ground balls at first base and start getting comfortable over yeah, there. Yeah, and you know what? What if somebody emerges as being the first baseman? Maybe for the someone does. Then he gets traded. I don't know. All I'm saying is that wasn't going to happen this year because the goal this year was for him to be the solution. And the only way that that can happen is if he works day in and day out, nonstop at third base. You can't just throw another position his way when you need him to be good at third base right now. You need to make that decision that he's no longer the third baseman, but you want to find a solution for him. That's when you tell him to take all his time at another position. Okay. Uh-huh. So um, why don't we stop talking about Manny Machado? And bring in our special guest. We have a special guest today. We do. All right, so it's time for the Guardy Report. This Guardy Report is sponsored by Baseballism. Honestly, being someone who played baseball my entire life, high school, college, I was ecstatic when Christian texted me about this company, this brand. Again, as a former player, fan of the game, or someone who just simply enjoys high-quality, affordable product, Baseballism has become my go-to online shop. I've actually lost money since they became our sponsor because every time my wife goes on the website, I'm buying her something else. She falls in love with something else on the site. Uh, Visit Baseballism.com. Be sure to use promo code NYYST for 15% off your entire order. Join the NYYST crew in sporting America. Brand. Let's welcome in Gardy. What hey up, Gardy? Guys. Look, I just want to say I am completely honored to be the special guest for episode 100 of my favorite pod, The Guys at NYY Sports Talk. Hey, uh, congrats. Hey, Gardy. What's going on? I got some news for you. Yeah. It's episode 101. And you. Wait, so you're telling me this. And listen, to be fair and to to kind of make you feel a little better, we did get some gripe from a lot of our listeners that you weren't here for the 100th uh, episode. Not. Wait, uh, so this isn't episode 100. Uh, You're no. telling me I fueled up the dang Brett jet. I, I put a full tank of gas on that bad boy, and I'm here for episode 101? 
Yeah, but you start. You're the kickoff of the next millennium. Oh, oh that's and true. We that's actually, a good point there, Christian. We had you as a guest, but someone bigger and better, kind of. You got bumped oh. for John Sterling. Oh God, I thought y'all were gonna say Clint Frazier, because I, because y'all know I'm, I might get bumped for him. But hey, it was John Sterling. I don't mind that. So speaking of uh, John Sterling, do you like your call, your home run call? That John? honestly, that's one of my favorite parts of being a New York Yankee. Uh, is is getting a maybe you know sometimes I'll catch a catch a highlight and I'll hear the whole the uh, guardy goes yardy man. It pumps me up. I'm gonna miss that if I'm not playing here next year. When I'm not playing here next year, I'm at. Will you be in another uniform next year? You think, or is this it for you? No, I'm. I'm. Look, guys. You know, CC had a whole presser saying that he's he's retiring at the end of the year. I'm not retiring, guys. I'm here to stay. I don't know if it will be in the pinstripes, but I will be playing in uh, 2020. So, Gary, let me ask you. You're, and you could quote me on that. You're in Tampa for spring training. What's, like, your favorite thing to do in camp? Oh, man, that is a great question. I love pranking the guys. You know, I, go, I try I try th- sneaking seven people's lockers. That's a lot of fun. You know, I'll go to the beach a little bit. Uh, but you know, I gotta apply a lot of sunscreen because my big bald head. But uh, other than that, you know, I you know I just enjoy my time and try and uh, get ready for the regular season. So, if you had one goal while you're down in Tampa, what would it be? Uh, to play as hard as I humanly possibly can, you know. And uh, really, you know, my main goal is to is to end up being the uh, starting left fielder for the New York Yankees. Well, there's a lot of talk between you know. There's a lot of talk around who's going to be the starting left fielder. What do you think at the end of the day is going to separate you from Clint Frazier or Clint Frazier from you? Well, you know, I think, uh, well, first and foremost, you know, there's nothing better than a little friendly competition over there, right? You know, he drives me. I feel him. It's it's kind of, you know, we're bouncing back and forth. I, you know, I do think my veteran experience is going to help me try and uh, solidify my role here for the New York Yankees, and I will be the starting left fielder. I mean... What what do I really have to lose other than my job and my legacy as a New York Yankee? I don't know. Why don't you and Clint bet a tractor to see uh, you know whoever wins the left fielder's see, job? Now we're talking. You know, put up a John Deere. We might have to do. Why a don't little... you go balls out and and put up the Brett check? Oh my God! <laughs> see now now we're getting a little overboard because that's my baby. Since you're down in since you're down in Tampa, I, I can't imagine it's too far from Holly Hill. You ever uh, pop in every once in a oh, while? Oh yeah, man, it's about a 15 minute trip on my bread jet. <laughs> I just pop right in the bread jet and fly over down there to Holly Hill. Well, up, Brett, up we'll there. let we'll let you get back to uh, to camp there. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, we got a big game going on the docket today, right? Who we got? Who we playing today? You don't even know. No, nah, man, I don't. I don't even look at the you, schedule. Of spring you time. just show up. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just partying. You're there. you're a veteran. You don't make bus trips anymore. Nah, forget the bus. All right, guys. All right, Guardy, take it easy. Episode 101. Take care, guys. Later, Guardy. All right, that was a Guardy report. I think he was drunk or something. <laughs> well, he's he's not playing today. He's is just he? excited for you know the baseball season starting up again. It's always good to have Guardy here. <laughs> and we did. We got a lot of backlash that uh, Guardy wasn't on episode 100. Yeah. I've, what I are we gonna do? That. We can't. Sorry, with John Sterling. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> gonna have Guardy on instead. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, Guardy's excited for the start of the uh, baseball season. I guess somebody else who might be excited for the start of the baseball season now is Marwin Gonzalez, who finally signed the contract. He, uh, I believe, he got two, two for twenty-one, two twenty-one. That's which it. was less than what DJ LeMahieu got. And what was wow. Marwin 
initially looking for. I had read that he was looking for somewhere in the four for sixty, five for sixty-five, somewhere, something like that. That's a big drop. And again, now you got people that you know they only operate in a vacuum and don't understand what the bigger picture is. Saying, "Well, Marwin Gonzalez is a better baseball player than DJ LeMahieu," which is arguable. It's arguable. Not for real. Yeah, but like you're saying, not for what the Yankees truly need. And at that time, if the Yankees were looking at getting a utility guy and they were saying, you know, we'll spend $225 million on a utility guy and we got to lock somebody up now. I want to have this position locked up now. And what, three months later, now that, uh, or however long, two months or whatever it was, Marlon Gonzalez settles because camp has already started. Maybe right. he wasn't at that point. Right. And right. uh, when did DJ LeMahieu sign? Early, late December, early January, somewhere like that? I think it was, uh, I want to say it was January. Early January. But still, that was like six weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, they, it was it was the move at the time. Yeah, January 12th, around there. All right, so it was, you know, a little bit longer than, you know, like five weeks ago or something like that. But still, maybe five weeks ago... DJ, what? No, that that just goes right into your point with the Machado thing. I mean, you can't you can't wait. You gotta you gotta make your moves, and that just it wasn't an option then. Yeah. Would I have liked Marlon Gonzalez on the Yankees? Sure, I was one of the five. If the five guys I wanted the Yankees to get in the offseason. I think I mean, you have to consider Gonzalez the best utility guy in the game, right? I think he played every position last year except for pitcher. Yeah, I don't think he caught uh, or. Oh, that's just that's crazy. He played 20 games at three different positions last year. I think at that article that I wrote shortly before Thanksgiving, I think the only guy the Yankees wound up with was Hap. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? To your credit, <laughs> you were the first person to even spew the name Marvin Gonzalez to the Yankees. And ever since that article, everyone started talking about it and how much sense he made for the team. Yeah, well, you know what? At what he was asking for at that time, DJ Mayhew made more sense. And there's no way the Yankees could have foreseen that in five weeks that uh, Gonzalez would have dropped his number to less than what they paid LeMayhew. And you know what? There's no guarantee that even if he did, that they could have waited, that LeMayhew would have waited, you know? So and let me ask you this as good as Marvin Gonzalez is, and he plays all, every single position, I know that we can't sit here and and know who's going to get injured and whatnot and you can always say yeah you you can always use a guy because of injury but let's just take this team the way it's constructed now and and everything like that and even when DJ was signed do they need a guy who plays every single position did they really need that or was or was a better focus why wouldn't you rather have a gold glove infielder at the time you got a quality offensive player that basically plays everywhere. But DJ LeMayu is a quality offensive player, too. Yeah, but he doesn't play everywhere. But we don't need a guy who plays everywhere. Yeah, well, you know, you could use a guy that and could DJ also... DJ LeMayu plays enough positions. He doesn't play the outfield. We don't need a friggin' outfielder. Yeah, you might. We might. That's what I just said. You don't listen to me. We I might, don't... barring injury, yeah, right? Yeah, so if... But if a, if, a gold glove, if a gold glove player is sitting in front of you for less money... I'm not saying point, they shouldn't have signed him. I agree with the maneuver. But I'm, I'm just saying, saying he he still makes more sense. DJ LeMayu makes more sense to me. Our biggest issue was that we had an infield that we were worried about as a liability defensively. And you have a gold glove second baseman there. Marwin Gonzalez isn't even on my radar at that point if DJ LeMayu is getting signed at that kind of money. Okay. 
Uh-huh. So they got DJ uh-huh. LeMahieu. Right. And I think it was the better move, regardless of what Marwin Gonzalez was asking for. I don't know. I think if the Yankees could have got both at the same price, maybe Marwin Gonzalez would have been the better move. I don't know. But they, I mean, they didn't. I mean, at that time, it doesn't look like Marwin Gonzalez would have signed for that type of money. No, nor should he have. But, you know, he's smart. And he's a guy who could get, you know, who, who could slip through the cracks. He's a guy who could easily slip through the cracks if he doesn't come down on what he's asking for. You know what? And the Twins have quietly had themselves a nice little offseason. And really. when the Twins go out and start buying, they they always make some nice quiet you know, moves. You forgot. I completely forgot about it. But they also got Nelson Cruz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, I, we were talking about it yesterday. The Twins always, they're, they are known for making these kind of quiet moves that Build a decent ball club. Yeah, they're definitely the team that's taken a most uh, the most advantage. That of this division slow is off-season. terrible. Yeah, and if they can, they were a wild card team in 2017, and if they can get back to that level. I mean, they could give the Indians a run for their. And money. they shouldn't have been Absolutely. as bad as they were last year. You can argue that they weren't expected to be that bad last year. Yeah, and maybe if Miguel Sano could come back to reality, I mean, bit, that was a know. big hit for them. Yeah, that, yeah. that killed them. Good thing the Yankees chose Gary Sanchez over him, huh? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to get people that tell you Gary Sanchez sucks too, but I think that was still a better move for the Yankees when they were scouting both of those guys. Absolutely. Not even a question. To offer uh, the contract to Gary Sanchez. DJ LeMahieu. 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 Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately, I think uh, it was a good move for the Yankees, but again, isn't Marlon Gonzalez a switch hitter? Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, well, that's that's where you can argue for me. Uh, why Gonzalez would have been a good fit for this team? That because that is a a need is is hitters from the left sure. side and and that you know he's a switch hitter you know and then he can play left field he can play the infield so you know you're gonna look at a situation where the Yankees might be in need of a left fielder maybe again you you just don't know right now but speaking of some stuff that kind of came out and what they're gonna be looking for and. So on and so forth. That guy, Rye, brought up a good point to me yesterday. Uh, Christian had texted us about Boone coming out and saying that DJ LeMahieu would be the backup first baseman for the team. Um, And that guy, Rye, said to me yesterday, how much of that do you think is truth? And how much of that is just to kind of fuel the fire a little more um, between the battle at first base right now and kind of like... This is this is it. You either make the team and you're the starting first baseman or you're not here at all. Because, I mean, for me, if Bird and Voight both have great spring trainings, how can you just sit here and say one of them's going down and one of them's not? I mean, how many spare infielders are you going to carry? Well, that, then you got to kind of weigh out who's who has performed. I mean... It looks like Tulowitzki, you know, is healthy like everyone's saying, and maybe he's going to have a, a, a big spring training too. And then in that case, you know, you got to weigh out your options. Well, Boone was also asked who he felt the better defensive player was, and he said it's Greg Bird, but he said that Voight is taking strides to be better this spring. And he said that, um, well, he didn't say it, but it's also still being speculated that Voight has a leg up on the job right now. And I said to you a couple of weeks ago, Voight is not someone who is bad enough at first base for you to have to worry. He's talented enough over there to be able to be a good first baseman defensively. And if he's going to carry himself offensively uh, the way he did last year, or even a, you know half of what he did last year at the end of the year, he's going to be your choice. But I still think Greg Bird has a very, very good chance. 
to be the starting first baseman. Well, now I'm reading a tweet here to go back to Machado. Is that Cashman said that the Yankees did not actually talk numbers with uh, Machado at the dinner in December, but I I don't know. I just got to think that's maybe general manager speak. How could you not talk numbers with a guy? Obviously, you would want to get an idea of a framework of what it would take to bring this guy to your team. And you know what? It goes back to the guys you already have and what we were kind of talking about as far as demoralizing a guy like Miguel Andujar at this point. Cashman has no... What does he have to gain? Right. He There's no reason why he has to come out and say, yeah, we did talk numbers. We were going to offer him this because we'd rather him mm-hmm. over Miguel Andujar. At this point, why not just go out there and say, we didn't even talk numbers. You know, We knew what we had and we, that's it. Why even open up that can of worms? He doesn't have to. That doesn't necessarily mean they didn't talk numbers. If Machado and his crew wants to be petty and come out and say he's lying, whatever, they can. But why would they do that? Anyway, he got his money. He got his contract. That's it. So Cashman can go out and say anything he wants. Yeah, I agree with that. No one's going to know the truth unless you were there. Right. I was there. I was serving as a waiter. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw saw Brian Cashman write. Some numbers on a, napkin. on a napkin, and he slipped it over to Dan Lozano. And then Manny was like, no. 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 So, you know, whatever. Who cares? Manny Machado's in San Diego. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. First pitch against Manny Machado, right right to the back. Why? <laughs> I'm only kidding. So, so, talking about Bird and Voight here, I think the Yankees should just get rid of both of them and not play anybody at oh, first yeah? base. Yeah. That's a put a cardboard idea. cutout. Of, of I think what they should talking. do is the tag, uh, you know, just throw the ball to first base. And if the ball hits first base, either on a bounce or fly the batters out, you know or what baseball should do pegging. I was going to say baseball wants to speed up the game. Let's get pegging involved. You just throw the ball. You hit the runner. If he's not on a base, he's out. So, but, but below the belt, like you can't hit somebody like in the head. Well, if I think if it's a runner from first to second in a double play situation, if you get him in the head, automatic double play. Uh, anything else, you got to go and get the ball. And throw What's the first. deal with uh, CC? Is he throwing? Is he pitching at well, all? Yeah, he's uh, he's throwing. Uh, Do you see him starting the year on the DL? I mean, we talked about that couple weeks ago is that I think that's the plan right now. Now, do you think if he starts on the DL, does that mean the Yankees have an extra pitcher on their roster? Is that going to be, will it be, well, or is Sessa going to be on the roster regardless and, and maybe uh, extend that Voight bird competition into the first two weeks of the regular season? I don't know. I don't know how much playing time the loser will get in two weeks. Right. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I like, I really think even though it, it seems like Voight has the leg up, I keep saying it. I think the Yankees want Greg Bird to win this job. I think he might have the leg up, but if, if Bird has a better spring training, I do think that they'll lean uh, towards him. But what do you do? Would you actually consider sending one of these guys to AAA? Or would you make a trade with somebody that maybe needs a first baseman at that point? <laughs> I don't see call. why you would trade one of these guys right now. A, what are you really going to get out of them? What are you going to get out of them if you send them to AAA? Well, well what are you going to get gonna... out of them if they're sitting on your bench? No, that's why you trade. My them. point is, or you, that's you, why you send them down so they can develop. But you have to weigh the option here, right? I would maybe, you, I would maybe agree with sending Voight down because maybe he needs to develop more. But I mean, Jesus Christ, how much more development no. does Greg Bird need? This is what it comes down to. You have to weigh your options. You have to ask yourself, what are you? 
honestly going to get for Voight or Bird. As great as Voight was at the end of last year, that was such a small sample size. You're not going to get anything for him. And you're certainly not going to get anything for Bird right now. So when you have options on these guys and you can let them go down to AAA, because like, like we talked about, you need depth. You might need to... Call one of them up. All You're right. better I'm off. I'm not saying you trade them, them today, but you know, March 25th, teams are ready to, to head up north. You know, there could be an injury. Somebody's first baseman could have drastically underperformed. They call the Yankees and offer something. And Cashman's like, you know what? This is better than having this guy sit in rotten screen. If, you know, I think if anything is going to happen, if Cashman gets an offer that he feels is is going to be crucial to this team that could help this team, then he's going to do it. But he'll never get that offer until it's later in the year. And by that time, he can know at that point who his first baseman is. And he I will know who his first baseman is. I just said that it wouldn't happen until you're getting ready to break camp. Right. Yeah, not pay attention. You wouldn't. I'm sorry, but just because, say, Luke Voigt has a great off uh, spring training, what if he starts the year and he's complete garbage? Right. You exactly. still don't just know that that's your option at that point. Yeah, they you might need have to be won deep the... into the season. You need to be a right. few months into the season before you know for sure. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Yeah, come on, Christian. You can't. You can't you just do. trade one of these guys when they're both. They both. Yeah, have I'm telling you right now. I'm just trade so, Greg Bird because yeah, no, we don't need him anymore. Greg, I would. Uh, be inclined to agree if it's Luke Voigt because I think Luke Voigt will still play with a chip on his shoulder to want to get back. You send Greg Bird to Scranton, you're done. You wrote his death certificate right there. He's done. You'll never get anything from him, well, ever. Then, you, then trade him for a first baseman because you can't be sure that Luke Voigt is, is, your, is your solution. Okay, what about DJ LeMayhew? Why is he being touted as the backup if the Yankees don't want... Maybe he could just slide right in and be maybe. the first baseman. Then that's a different story. And then you see what's out there at the trade deadline okay. for you. But I'm telling you, if Luke Voigt wins, right, and you send Greg Bird to AAA... Oh, you're, he's done. You're done. He's done. So why, if somebody calls you for him, why not trade him? I could agree with I, you in holding on to Luke Voigt because I think Luke Voigt has that chip on his shoulder because you saw you said that you hoped that you never saw Luke Voigt play for the Yankees again right. when he came up the first time. And he read that tweet. And then he came back. He went down, came back, and what did he do? He tore, he tore it up. He tore it up. He made me eat my words. And I think Luke Voigt has, nom, that, nom, 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 nom. has that in him <laughs> that he will – Say, you know what? You don't think I'm good enough? I'm going to show you that I'm good enough. Whereas Greg Bird will tuck his tail between his legs and you sulk. You got a You're right. I'm not good enough. Yeah. And he's Where's just my gonna, cat? Can I right? bring my cat to the clubhouse? So if somebody's going to call you for Greg Bird, at that point, you got to get rid of him. I agree. I All right. You want to amend that and say that, okay, you don't maybe you don't trade Luke Voigt. I can agree with that. But at that point, if Greg Bird gets beat out for this job and you're not going to put him on the Major League roster because you want... Well, may you to be the backup because he can play other positions. But what if what if Greg Bird gets? I mean, what if Luke Voigt gets hurt? DJ LeMay, who's not really a viable first baseman defensively, why why not why not call Greg Bird up then and take say, another flyer on another guy? Because at that point, you're done with Greg. Bird. What if Bird? And Voight both have great spring trainings, but and somebody's going to call narrows. you, and somebody then somebody's going to call you and offer you something that you might want yeah. at that point. And if fair. that happens, then you absolutely. This more has to do with Greg Bird than it does Luke Voigt. Mm-hmm. because if if Greg Bird gets beat out again, that's it. You're done. You're done. You think they're friends, no. or you think they hate each other? I think Luke Voigt doesn't give a shit, but I think Greg Bird is the type of guy that's like. like you think Voigt goes resentful. up to him in the locker room? He's like, "Hey, Birdie, what's up?" And Bird just like, "Fuck I think, you, Luke." 
I think get when, out of here, Luke. I think Greg Bird waits to get online at the cafeteria until after Luke Voigt's already sat down, so he doesn't have to stand next to him. Fucking asshole! Look at that guy. Look at how he walks. I don't know. I think he's pretty cool. No, <laughs> he's not cool. <laughs> Are you on his side? We've seen Greg Bird. We know how what his personality is. You think he's going to handle that well? I don't know. Do we know what his personality is, I'm Christian? I'm just happy because, to be here. Because that interview was like, was I'll have 400 million different opportunities. <laughs> oh, no. I thought it would be like, I thought it would be like, I don't know, man. I really just got to figure something out yeah, because really. I don't have much time left here that, if I don't. So that doesn't give you a window into this guy's personality? <laughs> well, I'm just saying like, maybe he's calm, cool, and collected and maybe a little too easygoing. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't kill him if he goes down to AAA because, hey, he's still got, if he goes down to AAA, that means he still has, what, 5,800 opportunities left? Maybe that's Maybe then he doesn't have a realistic view on the world. <laughs> maybe he doesn't. That's why he has a uh, hairless cat at home. Because uh, he's delusional about uh, his playing time. That <laughs> means that that affects his choice in pets. Maybe he thinks he's... Uh, What's his, what's his, Dr. Evil? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. For for being the New York Yankees and, you know, as far as I've, as long as I've been alive to always have a solution at first base, whether Don Mattingly, Tino Martinez, Jason Giambi, Mark Teixeira, to be going through this shit with Luke Voigt and Greg Bird, it's kind of, dis- it, this is a little disheartening. Like, I wish Manny Machado played first base. Yeah, that would be a completely <laughs> different story. Hey, you want 20 years at uh, $600 million? No problem. All right, so uh, I think we're done here today. All right, before we wrap it up, let's uh, kick it to our sponsor and uh, finish up the show. Hey, have you heard about baseballism? A premium lifestyle apparel brand focusing on the class, tradition, and history of baseball. You can find everything from accessories such as phone cases and watches to your next favorite baseball tee. Whether you're a player or just a fan of the game, Baseballism has something for everyone. They also have multiple stores, including one in Cooperstown, home of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Hop online to Baseballism.com and check out all they have to offer. Just be sure to use promo code NYYST at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Baseballism, a brand built for love of the game. All right, always nice to hear from the sponsor of the show. Always great. Love it. By the way, do you know how many follow? Like, I saw their followers on Twitter. Very impressive. Do you know how many followers they have on Instagram? Mm -mm. We need to get some of those. 226. 334,000. Wow. Wow. I'm telling you. No, I was on the the website the other day. Very. If you're you're over in Cooperstown, if you're visiting the Hall of Fame, you know baseballism. They came across my Twitter feed back a couple months ago, and I was like, you know, this would be a good brand to do business with. I fell in love immediately when when you sent that to me. And then I've only further, even though... Even after we signed uh, signed on with them, uh, you know, I've, looking over their website, I'm even more okay with the, uh, the yeah, decision. Absolutely. Really cool stuff. You know what would be really cool? Should have said this an hour ago, but please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Please. I said please. Are you going to beg for it? Please. Please give me the first base job. I promise I'm better than Lukey. He calls him Lukey. <laughs>
All right. Thank you for listening to episode 101 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Stack Guy Rye. Go Yanks. Chris. Say goodbye. Peace.